Well, hello and welcome back, boys and girls. It's Wisdom Wednesday and it's me, Donna Gales. I am your host for this Listen Boys and Girls podcast experience and I am happy to have you back. For those who may be joining us for the first time, I say welcome and I thank you for being here right now. I want you to know that you're not here by accident. If you're hearing this message, it is for you. If you receive the message, then share it with someone else. Today, we continue our conversation on the building block O for optimism. So often, people choose to just see the negative side of things. Sometimes we focus in the wrong direction so long that we don't even recognize that we have a choice to focus in the opposite direction. Optimism is defined as hopefulness and confidence about the future or the successful outcome of something. Optimistic. Do you remember that song? Wow. Sounds of Blackness reminded us then that it's okay that we encounter things. We have sorrows. Things do crumble, but we can be successful. We can still win as long as we keep our heads to the sky. And, you know, I understand that it's easier said than done. Trust me, I do. But when it's done, we are so much more powerful than when we choose to live defeated. I'm excited because today I have joining me a beautiful person who has always exemplified optimism to me. I've never seen her in a bad mood. I'm sure she has them, but every time I've encountered her, I've felt nothing but sunshine. So I can tell you that when this topic came to mind, I was divinely led to ask her to join us. I want you to know that if you listen, boys and girls, it just might change your world. If you stand by, you will not regret having heard the conversation with my friend, Jane. Jane, hello. (laughs) Good morning, my love. How are you doing? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Good. I'm so glad that you're joining us for this conversation. I want to welcome you to the Listen Boys and Girls podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And of course, I know who you are, (laughs) but my listeners, the boys and girls do not. So I want to give you the opportunity to tell them what you want them to know about you and what you do before we start our conversation. Well, I thank you for that. And as you probably know, and everyone listening knows, it's so hard to try to put yourself in this little nutshell and say, this is me. Mm -hmm. Um, But so at the heart of me, I would like people to know that 
I'm a very kind person who wants to leave as much good in this world as I possibly can. Can And so how do I do that? I am the founder and executive director of the Mosaic Forum. And it's a nonprofit that I started about three years ago just to be in service to people because I realized that they didn't have the information they needed to live their best lives. So I just started going out, talking to people about health and their well-being, whether it's their finances or their mental health, their physical health, anything that I felt would support them to be their best, I started talking to folks about. And it started as this little passion project that now has turned into a real nonprofit. So that is kind of my, one of the legacies I'd like to leave. But really for me, it's just about helping people reach goals and realize dreams. I love that. I, I absolutely love that because, you know, we intersect with people at a time in their lives. Mm-hmm. It doesn't define everything they are or have been, but it gives us a snapshot, right? Mm. And yes. in that moment, we are experiencing, experiencing them as they are then. But there's so much that has brought a person to that place. And then there's so much more beyond that place that we can't even foresee yes so I love I love what you said because um for those that may not know you and I met in hospice services Mm -hmm. and many people um hear that word and they don't think of anything hopeful they don't think of anything Mm. helpful they don't they don't find it to be be the blessing that we know it to be Mm -hmm. and so for so many reasons I look at um the the whole concept of what we did in that in that framework as a foundation because as we think about death we have to consider life and how we've lived it and what we've done and what we've contributed and so you know I remember our very first conversation about the mosaic forum and I remember how your eyes were so lit up and you were just <laughs> excited at the prospect of growing other people, helping other people. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be so awesome. <laughs> and that was three years ago. And that, and now today it is so awesome. And you are helping people and you're planting seeds and you're allowing who you are to be brought to this work, to this life. And you're showing up as real and relevant help for people in their time of need. Yeah. And You know, one, I thank you for that. And you and I both are, you know, on the Jesus train. And so Mm -hmm. I can only give God the thanks for putting that vision and purpose in me. And I give myself a little bit of credit for listening, as we talked about the other day, listening Mm -hmm. and actually moving on what he directed me to do. But just to, I want to hit two points that, um, from what you just said. So the hospice piece and then allowing people to, to kind of move forward, whatever that looks like for them. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess I'll, I'll take the last one first. The reason that I feel so passionate about helping people is actually due to my mom. And my mom was this quiet South Carolina, you know, woman who did everything was through action. It wasn't about what she said. It was, I am this person. You can see it, you can model it, you know, but she showed up, she showed Mm -hmm. up all the time. And so it never really was about what she said because her words were few, but it was about what she did. And what she did was expose us, expose us by taking us to the library, the museums. I mean, just to make sure that we were well-rounded. And she never said that, but I knew that's what she was doing. And again, she is a woman who was born in the 1930s, experienced everything that a Black woman growing up in the South and then migrating Mm. to the North would experience. So we kind of all know that history. Sure. And growing up and living in Harlem, she never poo-pooed my dreams, right? And Mm. then as I got older, I realized that she had dreams that 
she never realized. And so sometimes it's not even about the folks who are in front of me. It's about pushing her goal for me forward, that pushing her desires that she never got to live out forward. And that I, my mom started this, my kids keep it. And, you know, it's like, I started this because my mom put this, planted this seed in me. Mm -hmm. And then my children, I want this to be a better world. So I have to give them that same gift. And so it's like this paying forward thing, you know, that, that really attaches back to her. And then to the hospice piece. uh, So I came to hospice through bereavement services. And that's the one thing as, as you and I, as community outreach people, try to explain to folks that it's not just about this one thing that people do. You know, clinical people come, they kind of monitor you while you're passing. No, it's this whole host of services that keep people well, as well as they can be in that part of life, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I came after my husband passed and I came to bereavement counseling. I joined a young widow and widowers group that actually I wasn't even supposed to be in at the time because it was pretty early in my process. And, you know, there's a little kind of wait period. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's where I found my hope. Like in that group, after losing someone who was so important to me and still is in another mm-hmm. way. Sure. That I found hope in that group. I found camaraderie. I found relatability amongst the people who were there. And I learned how to start living again. So there are all of these different ways that you can look at life and you have to choose. It's just, you have to choose. It's true. It's so true. And you know, it's easy for us to choose the negative path because it's so abundant. Mm -hmm. There's somebody at every turn to support a negative conversation. Mm. Every turn you can say a negative thing about anything to anybody. And more often than not, they will take that conversation and run, run with it. Absolutely. But if you are, you know, choosing to be hopeful and if you're choosing to be positive in the face of a situation that would be easier to be negative in people mm-hmm. are not um they're, they're not really forth forthcoming with that mm-hmm. a lot of times it's because it's harder people choose not to go that route because it takes more energy or they don't feel they have the wherewithal for it but it's really small choices one at a time that build to this hopefulness yes you know as i shared earlier the the classic definition of optimism but as you were talking I was just like wow how powerful to actually live the definition of optimism when you mentioned that it's not always about the person that's right in front of you recognizing in retrospect that your mom had dreams and visions but that she invested so in your future because of the hopefulness she saw in your ability to live out whatever you put your mind to she didn't diminish Mm-mm. you she didn't tell you this that can't be done no you know she didn't and that in and of itself is the personification of optimism to have understanding and confidence about a future that you can't see but mm. hopefulness nonetheless yes yeah because every every day every second every minute brings something new Good or bad, right? It does. It really does. So you can live in that space. I know after my husband passed, I literally lived minute to minute because I had to. Mm -hmm. I had to because I couldn't see past the minute. But I did live to the next minute. And those minutes grow to hours that grow to days that grow to weeks that grow to months that grow to years. And that's what people are you have to take your bite-sized pieces. Like you're just mm. saying, you, you can't always look at the big, bigger picture. Sometimes you just can't do that because you're not built for it yet. Or your right. mind can't um, agree with the bigger picture and bigger vision. That, that, that right there, your mind cannot agree. 
Yeah. And that that right there, your mind cannot agree. But there's something beyond our thoughts because mm-hmm. our thoughts are so often influenced by our feelings. Mm-hmm. And when we are feeling pain, we ain't thinking positive. <laughs> no, We're just like man, listen, if you don't get out of my place with that, you know, because I'm. And again, you know, we we having been with those who uh, have experienced loss. We ourselves have experienced loss. Mm-hmm. We know that in that moment. Um, oh, I'm so sorry, they're in a better place, means nothing to a person because they can't agree with that. No, They can't agree with that right then because they are hurting because of the loss. And so when when the pain is bigger in your mind than the promise, all you feel is the pain. Mm -hmm. And so I remember years ago, um, many, many years ago, I saw... Um, it wasn't called a meme back then, but it was a, a something <laughs> that said, um, you know, the the acronym for hope was hold on pain ends. Mm. And I, I will never forget that because wow. at that time I was in such pain and I didn't want to hold on. I just wanted to get that pain out of my experience. And if that right. meant getting me out of the experience, that was fine, too. Yeah. And, yeah. and and I don't mean the experience temporarily. I mean the experience of life. Period. If that was, yes. all, I, I I just wanted it to be over with. And more often than not, people don't recognize that pain is such such a motivator in one direction or the other. Mm. And again, it's our choice of which direction we allow the pain to propel us in. Yes, and and you know. Everyone has to choose for them. I cannot judge um, any direction that people go in, right? You, you haven't walked every step. But as I shared the other day, um, my husband committed suicide and he was in a lot of pain. He, he wasn't the man that he used to be. And for him, he, he didn't want to show up in the world other than the person that he mm-hmm. had known himself mm-hmm. to be. Sure. And I can't, I don't understand it. I'll tell you the truth. I still don't understand it 25 years later, but I don't judge it. Right. You know, I don't judge it. And then I also, um, this, uh, at our conversation the, uh, several days ago, but I myself found myself in like, we talked about how we show up as black Mm -hmm. women, these very calm, stable demeanors and that's what we have to do. The world has forced us into that facade mm-hmm. so often that we can't share the things that are bothering us and on our mind. And we can't share and show this emotion. And I remember, you know, my children were very young, all younger than eight years old at the time. And I was suffering and I didn't know how to tell anyone that I cannot do this one more day. I did not know how to share with anyone. I could not find the words. I couldn't find anything to tell people, please don't judge this calmness as being okay. I am not Mm -hmm. okay. And I can say that now, but then I didn't know how to Mm -hmm. say it, you know? And so I remember sitting on my couch. It's several days after Christmas. My children are being what the beauty of youth gives you kind of, you don't really know what's going on. You can't really process. So it's like, you're just carrying Mm -hmm. on and they're sitting in the middle of the floor, just playing. And I'm sitting there with my hair on end, like I'm Don King or something. (laughs) And, and just, you know, being a mess. And I looked at my children playing. And in that moment, they were oblivious to the heaviness of what was going on. And I asked myself, I said, Jane, are you going to sink or are you going to swim? And I'm just talking to myself. I said, are you going to sink or are you going to swim? And I said, no, I'm going to swim. And I picked myself up and I walked, I got up and I walked across the room because I, the act of actually putting that into action, it couldn't just be a thought. Right. And the action was just to get off the couch and walk across the room. That's right. But that's what I, that was my choice. I said, I'm not going to fail these kids. They don't deserve this. This wasn't meant to be. No, I didn't intend to be a widow at 28, 29 years old, but I have to deal with this. They deserve me to be fully here and present. 
And that's what I did. So it is about a choice and it has not been easy. It has been the most difficult road. When people talk, it's like, I can relate to like I can relate to that. And I'm like, Lord, why do I have so many things I can relate to? I don't want to have <laughs> right. so many things that right. I can relate to right. with people, please. I the same thing. But I can't. <laughs> Be- but you know why? Because God has entrusted us knowing that we will do and that we won't leave these lessons to ourselves, that we will share the lessons. And that we won't be so afraid or so ashamed of the darkness that we overcame. People don't don't always know, you know, they see the light of the smile, they see the beam in your eyes, but they don't know sometimes (laughs) the darkness that had to be, uh, that you had to be excavated from (laughs) in order for that to even be present. And, you know, like you said, just getting up off of the couch, making the choice in your mind to say, I'm going, I'm going to swim. But the physical Mm -hmm. manifestation of literally getting up and just walking out of the space that you were in was able to Mm -hmm. fuel and feed the the choice. Because if you hadn't done that, if you had just thought it and said, I'm going to swim, but didn't do anything different than what your body knew as sinking, you wouldn't have been able to swim. No, not at all. And, and you, you have to, at times you get so stuck in, in, in you, 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 mm-hmm. right. Even in those, those moments. And yes, you are, you're an integral part to the choices that you make. But if you can for even a, a, a quick moment, just say, what about all of these other things? What about the people who love me? What am I going to do to them? You, you know, my son, how would that he's a beautiful beautiful yes, he person is. he really is what would i if i had chosen another path what would he be what would his brothers be you know i had to think beyond me it was them on that floor playing and me knowing that i had to be there for them that moved me it wasn't about right. me i would have sat on the couch with my hair on end and not eating and been content i'm just and wallowed Absolutely. in that. I know about it because, you know, equally and opposite, when I would have bouts of depression, I'm a food addict at times. And mm. I would sit and eat everything in this pit of sorrow and 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 just, you know, eat till the fullness was there because the feelings felt empty. And then mm. just be in that moment. And then it would it would have to be a literal and physical movement from the space I was in in order to break that in order to break it because our we have to that's why the word tells us to write the vision make it plain because you can't just think it Mm. because if you think it and don't do anything else with it it's going to get lost in what is trying to consume you right and so if but but when we're in it we're not processing it that way we're not understanding it conceptually and all these other layers but when when we are choosing one choice at a time to be different to be better to choose hope it's the one little thing yes it is and do you find also because we that people and this may be an even stronger pull that people have boxed Mm. you in and they say no, I don't want you to change. I like who you are. I like you like that because I don't want to change. I need you to be Absolutely. like that. And, and I don't think people know how to say, you know what? You are not for this part. Like I, I'm a person, I'm a strange human being <laughs> in that um, I'm good at cutting people off. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I've mastered that. I'm so good. And it's not even in a bad way. I feel like I have a certain time with Mm. people and the time that I'm around people, whomever they may be in all the walks of life, jobs, places that I live, whatever, that is my time. And what I'm going to do is be as present, love you as much, do as much as I can in the moments that we have together. And then I feel like it's time to move on. It's almost like I, and someone said this to me, Jane, you were meant to be shared with the world. And I'm like, mm, okay. But, um, but I am like that. Like I, I go and I'm, I'm this person here. And then it's like, okay, my time with you is like done. touched by And angel. then now, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like that. Like, I'm just going, and, and it's just the weirdest thing, but I've always had 
great ease in in that separation. Like I like I fully recognize that we have a time for each other. And there are people who have been mainstays in my life. That's for mm-hmm. sure. And it's not always me who's just moving away from them. I, I would say that most times people, you know, you you think people are a certain thing and they're not that mm. thing. And so you have that separation that comes, but it doesn't, I'm, I'm okay with it going and, and going on to the next group of people or persons that I need to be in communion with for whatever reason. True. You That's know, true. if that all oh, makes it sense. It makes absolute sense. And what's interesting, you know, we, we were talking about characteristics and things of, of different people uh, when we talked the other day. And that reminds me so much of my mother, whose birthday is January mm. 25th. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> exactly. I'm 22nd, so how long? The whole thing, it reminds me because my mother <laughs> has always said, we're people very loosely. Mm. And I've never been able God, to. that's good. I've never been able to. And that's my mother's, that has always been my mother's frustration with me. And I, I mm. believe, and my mother and I have had several conversations, of, of course, in these 47 years of mine. But, you know, she would be, my mother grew to be a more um, rigid person externally because of her. Because as we talked before, pain promotes you in a, in a direction. Mm-hmm. And, and at one point of being hurt so much, my mother said, uh-uh, I'm not going to let nobody else do that to me again. And my mother has mm-hmm. a very... My mother's a beautiful person, very warm, very loving. However, she will not let you get close to her easily. She just mm-hmm. won't. And, yeah. and, and, and she, she does listen by the leading of the Holy Spirit, and she'll let you in as he allows. But in, in her process and in my growing up and watching her, my mother was never a clingy, clicky person, circles of people and all that. Never. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's my friend. And that my mother would be so, so, but I knew she, I know now as a grown woman who has healed in many places, I know now she wasn't upset with me. I know now that she wasn't mad at me. I know now that she didn't dislike me. I know now that she didn't want me to hurt. I know Mm -hmm. now that she saw herself outside herself in a way that she couldn't control because you can control physically Mm. yourself, but every, every child is an extension of their parent in a way and I -hmm. know now how much I am like my mother I didn't know then how much I was like my mother but (laughs) watching the parts of you that you don't like outside of yourself Mm -hmm. without you being able to control it it has got to be the one of the most nerve-wracking things in the world and that's what I did with my mother in my youth the her frustration with me being this person she she didn't want to get hurt, but knew if I continued that way, I was going to get hurt mm-hmm. because everybody yes. wasn't like me. Everybody wasn't just this ball of, yes, I love you. Yes, <laughs> I want to be your friend. I really want to love you. I'm going to give you whatever you want. Yes. And, you know, because I, I, <laughs> my mother would always say, listen, people make time for you when, when they have time for you. You, you yep. will drop anything and do anything for anybody. People don't do that for you. And she would be yeah. the anger. The anger I heard was her passion of saying, I don't want people to hurt you. I can't protect yes. you if you are this naive. And it will come out to, as, I don't know how you're so smart and so stupid at the same time. Mm-hmm. But that, that, that wording <laughs> doesn't feel good. So no. it doesn't promote a positive outcome. But I know now that what she was trying to do is stop me from all the hurt that I've experienced because of the person that I naturally am. Mm, But what I think about, you know, and and I I told you this in part the other day about Mosaic, you know, um, just, you know, stay with me. My mind is like a remote sometimes. I'll be all over the place. Hey, I love it. (laughs) Hey, we're in the same camp. Do it. So, you know, like I was saying that, that, concept when you were sharing it with me and the the light in your countenance the whole experience how how happy you were to even just be thinking along these lines but I, I I was thinking about it the the time I watched you talking about it and then just understanding what a mosaic is and then I in our conversation today as you were talking about how we specifically as black women 
often have to have this veneer and this 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 <laughs> this exterior that's so strong and hard and okay all the time and the mm. picture you know um the the actual defining of a mosaic is a picture or pattern something beautifully made from smaller hard pieces mm -hmm. and those hard pieces are the pieces of us that have had to be um hardened and and broken and reshaped to be something else because we yes. we have had experiences that have hurt us and that has hardened us in some cases we've had situations that have broken us in in some cases and reshaped us and left us in pieces on the floor but we have a creator who has a bigger picture who is always creating something in us and he said mm. that he will he'll he'll do a new thing and so yes. as i think about that you know the mosaic form the 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 idea that the creator will do something else and make a beautiful picture of all of that that was broken and hard before. It'll be beautifully something else in the right hand. Oh my gosh. That's, oh God, those are wonderful words. <laughs> oh God, but it's so true. Good. It's so true because I am a mosaic. I, it, mm -hmm. I couldn't even spend 10 hours telling people everything that I've been through and, and, and hearing some of what I've been through, people will be mortified and they will be like, no, that did not happen to you. Oh, but it did. Oh, yes. It did. <laughs> you know, but do you find when you, when you shared your story, this is, it's, it's the weirdest thing. And that's why I just, if people would lead with just a little understanding and say, I don't know what this person has been through, even when people are difficult, I've over the last 10 years, I've tried to show up with some kind of kindness and understanding, at least to start. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you may want to take the conversation somewhere else. <laughs> and then I am a girl from Harlem and I can. <laughs> ooh. Um, but I'm saying we let's start at, at a good place. And I found that sometimes when I, I, I felt this need to share something that people diminish mm -hmm. my experience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and I was um, having a conversation with someone not, not too long ago who I thought was close to me, had gotten to know me and was going through something. And she, she said something about her mom um, who was not faring so mm -hmm. well. And, and I was saying, as a former caregiver, I cared for my husband for three years before um, he passed away. And so I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to be young and doing it and to have kids and doing mm -hmm. that. It's hard. And um, she was just talking about her experience. And I was commiserating, saying, I understand. And she said to me, she looked at me, she said, you don't understand. You just work for hospice. And I said, have, have you not listened to me at all as to how I got right. here? I didn't just pop up and say I want to work for hospice. I wanted to work for hospice for decades because I wanted, I had never met more caring people in my life prior to going to that bereavement group and meeting the facilitator of that group. I had never met people so caring. I'm a New Yorker and I did not know how to drive, right? Because we don't need <laughs> right. to. And I had a volunteer who would come and pick me and my children up and drive us to group. My children called her grandma. Mm. She was a, an older white woman whose husband had passed away, I don't know how many years ago, and she was a hospice volunteer. And so it's like you just, in those few words, she negated my entire experience. But I came to hospice for a reason. I didn't just drop That's there. True. I didn't just drop there. And I wanted my experience to help people. That's what I wanted. I, it wasn't, I wanted to say that and, and to honor my husband and say that experience was not lost Absolutely. and I'm not keeping it to myself. Absolutely. And so you also have to be mindful 
of again going back to the people who are around you and allow them to reveal who they are and then make a choice whether or not that's a person you want to continue to attach your spirit absolutely. to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because as we do come in contact with people, I am a firm believer that there is purpose in every interaction. There is purpose in every mm-hmm. person that you meet. However, sometimes we we uh, misalign ourselves and, and we, mm-hmm. we don't allow the purpose to be what it was intended. And so mm-hmm. the, the, the course of the interaction gets off, but it doesn't change that there was a there was an intention for you meeting this mm. person and so like you said for a person to say well you don't really understand for you to know me in this space only you don't know what I understand and you don't know what has right. brought me to this place of connection with you it is more than likely because of my understanding that I was able <laughs> to connect with you here because I tell yes. people all of the time that I was brought to this work of hospice because God knew that I needed to do it. Mm. I was I worked for AT and T for nearly ten years. I work. <laughs> I'm a salesperson. I've been in sales almost all of my life. I'm I'm gifted in that area, but you know, mm-hmm. people used to tell me you need to be selling things bigger than than phone services. And then I went and got my real estate. You know, went and got my real estate trainer. But that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing either. The giftedness right. of communication and relatability and connection was for this work because people mm. need that at the time where they are dealing with one of the worst experiences that they will perceive in their life. Yes, they, they need do. that. And and I, if someone would have told me 15 years ago that I would be in hospice and talking to people about death and dying and relating to people about living through uh, a loved one with terminal illness, I would have said no way because first of all, I don't even like the hospital. I don't want to be around mm-hmm. the hospital. I don't mm, no, tell I'm it. Not, no, I won't be doing that. But God had another plan mm-hmm. because even as we as we speak today, my mother is on hospice. And so yes. God knew that I needed over a decade of experience to be okay mm. right now. That's right. He oh my that. gosh, tell it. I didn't mm-hmm. know that because my mother has been sick yeah. before and she's been close to death before and I've been close to losing my mind before because of that. Mm. But God knew that at this time, he wanted me to be okay beyond the inevitable because I have work to do beyond this place. Yes. And without this yes. more than a decade of experience, I would be ill-equipped for where I have to go from here. Oh, gosh. Man, you, that, that is powerful. We, because you lament these things that have taken place in your life. But like you said, God knows the bigger picture. He knows that you're not going to get from A to Z in a week Mm -hmm. or a Mm -hmm. month or Mm -hmm. anything that you needed that decade of preparation that he had to be gentle with you and slowly bring you up to speed. Absolutely. And so that's a, a, a lesson for us all to say, it's going to take time to get to where you want to be and who you want to, who you know you are inside. That, that not what the world has put on you, not what the world says you are, what you grew up knowing before the world got a hold of you and right. twisted you and messed right. you up. Exactly. Exactly right. But he had you in preparation Absolutely. for all of those years. I do not doubt it. And I tell people, even in my conversations, in my presentations, I, I tell people when when I am divinely aligned with a family, it is because they need what mm. is inside of me. And what is inside mm-hmm. of me didn't happen today. What is inside of me happened <laughs> 47 years. Right. You know, there is there's That's no right. separating the experiences. There's no sifting through it and saying, okay, I'll keep this, I'll keep that. It all happened. <laughs> it all mm-hmm. happened. Yes. But how we allow the 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 process of what happened, how we allow the outcomes of what happened to impact us in that moment and in our future moments is a choice. You mm-hmm. know, it yes. is. And and I my my dad died when I was five years old, but I have mm-hmm. even before that time always dreamed of being a wife and mother because that's what mm-hmm. my mama was. I saw my mother, 
you know, my dad would go to work and she would come, you know, he'd come back and his plate would be ready and drink would be ready and, you know, all, all these things. And I, I was like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> you know? I, I saw love manifested before me. I saw that for myself and in my smallest yeah. self when before I could even, you know, <laughs> do anything on my own, I felt a, an experience that I wanted for myself. And mm. so I knew yes. always, always that I wanted to be a wife and mother before five mm-hmm. years old. I'm 47 and have never been either. Well, I won't say never been mm. either. Um, I, the mother part I have to talk about in a whole separate situation, but I, I don't have mm-hmm. children and I've never been married, but I've been engaged three times. Mm-hmm. You know, but to be engaged and then not married is not a good experience. It don't feel good either. Right. So, you know, but I am uh. still this Hallmark movie watching hopeful romantic. I still believe I will be a wife. Yes, you will. <laughs> I don't know about this mother business. I have a lot of godchildren. I have a lot of nieces and nephews. I have, you know, friends who have got uh, great, great grands at this point. So I'm straight on the kid business. But that's right. You've been mothering for, for years. years. And, and I'm I'm glad to have the benefit of not having to homeschool right now and all that other good stuff. Yes. So I'm thankful <laughs> because God will keep you from some things that he knows that you don't really actually need to have the experience of whether you want it or not. But yeah. but I do still believe that I'll be a wife because I am optimistic that I am not given a feeling, a dream, a passion for no reason. Yes. Tell it again. Every day is Every new. Day. Every day is new. You you want to know something, and and I'm glad you you speak on this because it is, I it's almost like the most beautiful thing and one of the worst things about being a woman is that that need for love, mm-hmm. right? That need to be partnered with someone, and it's a human need. We all need sure. that. We were and created. With I that. remember. We are exactly we are supposed to be paired, but we keep pairing ourselves with the wrong okay, people. <laughs> you know, that's the problem. And so I remember um just going through something. I was in a long-term relationship and one that I wasn't even myself in, but it actually as not good as that relationship was, it was as you talk about in preparation, it was preparing me for the man that came next. I, I, it, it, and I mean, I would do it I'm again. I'm telling you, I understand if it. it. Go right ahead. I, I know, I know you got it. And, and so it's going to come. And a, a friend of mine, she said, Jane, you don't have to look for anything. The man you're supposed to be with is going to find mm-hmm. you. That's how God is going to do it. And that's exactly how it happened. I wasn't doing anything, didn't want it, said, Lord, if this is going to be me just alone and every, then I, I have to be content with that. I have to make a decision. I have to choose to be content with being by myself. And when I let go of all the things I thought that I should have and all the things that I wanted and said, <laughs> God, let your mm-hmm. will be done, even if it's not going to be what I want. That's when the door opened, when I let it go. And that's what people need to realize. Start letting things go. And I'm saying this like, oh, it's so easy. No, it took me decades Trust to get me, this. Trust me, I know. <laughs> Start letting things go. And then just be patient with yourself and other people because we're all at different parts of the journey. That is so true. And, you know, to add to that, because, you know, we could talk for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, we could. (laughs) But I believe that this conversation is so helpful and will benefit so many people. And I don't, again, as I said before, I don't care if it's just one person who absolutely needed to hear this. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it because when I absolutely Mm -hmm. needed to hear what I needed to hear, I didn't care if it was 10 other people that need to hear. I needed to hear what I needed mm-hmm. to hear. <laughs> exactly. So I'm thankful for that, that process because as I used to tell my young people, and I'll say it over and over, God will orchestrate the universe to bless us. You know, he mm. will. He will because he loves us and he knows how to reach us. There are people who will never go to counseling, who will never go to church, who will never go lots of places, but will intersect with you and I. And, and we have to be what we're supposed to be 
in order to reach who we're supposed to reach. And so two things, when, when you were talking about, you know, people wanting you damaged, people liking you Mm -hmm. better when you were in a particular state, because then they didn't have to change. They didn't have to be challenged. They didn't have to be better. And they didn't have to do you right. Mm -hmm. Because when you're damaged, yeah. you don't demand what you need or, or want mm. or deserve. And so literally last night, I just posted something. I'll send it to you later that um, Sarita, okay. Sarita, um, not Sarita, Sarah Jakes was talking about. And it was, it was, I changed my mind. She said, in this season, mm. I'm in a season where I can't be distracted because I, I have to go where I'm going. And God, if there's people who can, who are connected to me that cannot go there, then let it end now. Let it just be taken away now. Let me, let them walk away now. Let them say, I don't want to deal with her no more. She's not fun no more. She said, because there are people that used to interact with you in a certain way. They would treat you any kind of way, talk to you, talk about you and just expect you to get over it and continue the relationship and be all right hmm. with that. And that used to be me. There are people who I love dearly that I just had to walk mm-hmm. away from because I recognize yes. that in the damage that I was in, they continue to be there. And as long as we yes. were there together, we were good. But as, as the moment of growth and movement and change, like for real, not just talking about it, like when you really have said, this is not good for me, that mm-hmm. that is an instant disconnection. But yes. but you may not recognize it as such at that time. But then but there is a pain of separating something that has been adjoined for so long. That's real. That's yes, real. But like you said, start letting things go. You know, um, you talked about your cutoff game having strength of Samson. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I used to be like that in a very negative way. But, you know, my place now is. I don't cut people off. I just stop chasing them. And then I recognize mm. it was nothing there to cut because if yeah. I didn't hold on, they weren't, they, they already weren't holding on. So when uh, I let uh, go, uh. it was over with because, you know, uh, but, and uh. if you're going to maintain a relationship, friendship, platonic or otherwise, if you're going to be the maintenance, the sustainer and the giver, the, the one who makes it all happen and you're uh, the only one, do it for yourself. Don't do that for you and somebody. Just do it for yourself. That energy, use it to let go. And that time, use it to heal because those spaces of of disconnection are places where you are healing from the inside out. And that Mm. disconnection, again, it's going to hurt sometimes, that separation. It, It is painful because you become comfortable with the dysfunction. It's not easy to heal, but it's worth it. It is. A lot of work goes into it, but it is worth it. It's something so special and good and for you on the other side. But people don't make it to that other side because they're not willing to go through those things. But you're going through them anyway. (laughs) Come on. And that's the thing. That is that is the that's my ending point for people who are listening as I you know as we come to a close that's my my final Mm -hmm. word you're going through it anyway choose optimism choose to believe Mm. that after this there's something better because what has held us back is believing and projecting there's nothing but more pain after this if you project Mm. that there's nothing but more pain after this that's exactly what you're gonna have more pain after this but that's right. If you say this is difficult, acknowledge that it's difficult because it's no sense lying to yourself or anybody else. But if you acknowledge mm. this is hard, this is hurting, I am not happy with this right now, but there is something better than this coming. Yes. Even if that hopefulness yes. will get you to the next place. And that next place may still be a place of growing where it's uncomfortable. But continuing to have that hopefulness will get you from place to place to place to place until you are finally where you need to be. And you'll look back and realize I overcame a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. But you can't even see overcoming anything in the space of that pain. Mm-hmm. But you will. That's you right. can. I promise you, as a survivor of many things, <laughs> I look mm. back and say you can. And I look forward and say I will. Mm. 
And and what what would you leave with the boys and girls, Miss J. Morrison, at this time, as we as we continue and conclude our talk? Uh, well, it won't conclude for us, but for the boys and girls, <laughs> uh, the optimism. What what's your final thought? You know, I have to just we're piggyback. You piggybacked on me, and I piggyback on you because I think you just left them with what they needed to know. To be quite honest, you, you are in it. You are mm-hmm. in it. You are in pain. And pain gets you to where you need to be. There's no life that's going to escape it, whatever it looks like. It may look different for you as it does for me. But in the end, it's all the same. And so, again, if we go back to choices, you choose which way you want to go. With me, to, to kind of layer this conversation, for some reason, years ago, I had gotten stuck on that from glory to glory to glory to glory, mm-hmm. right? I was like, what is that about? Can someone explain what glory to glory to glory to glory is? And it was the layering. It was the challenge and the suffering and the joy and the you know, being disappointed and all of these things that kept layering and layering. And I kept realizing that I was building this, this muscle. Mm. And then I realized that I was still here after all the stuff that I mm-hmm. was going through. And I was like, oh, I'm strong. And then, you know, oh, you know what? That didn't feel so bad in comparison to this thing. But I'm still, I'm still here. Okay. And let me just keep going. And in that, even in the challenges, I would say to myself, Okay, this is going to be a bumpy ride, but I need to steal myself for the hits. I needed to prepare. Prepare yourself when you decide you're going to make choices, different choices. Prepare yourself for the hits. If I sat here and you sat here and said that it's going to be so fantastic (laughs) moving forward, we would both be lying and putting out disinformation. It's It's not. It's not. It's not, but like you said, it's going to be worth it. You're going to be proud of the person that you're going to become. It's going to be amazing, the people that God brings across your path who need to have you in front of them at that given moment, like we talked about Mm -hmm. before. It was crazy how when I decided that I'm not going to just wallow in this pain, but I'm going to use it to the benefit of others, that God said, I have work for you. There's someone over there I need you to talk to. I need you to smile at mm-hmm. that person. I need you to start a conversation with this person. I am an introvert. I don't want to start a conversation <laughs> with anybody. But if God tells me you need to smile at that person or I need you to hold back for a minute, this person is in pain. I need you to hang in there with them. You're going to realize that that pain was not for naught. And you're going to also realize how special Mm -hmm. you are, that God said you are the person that's going to affect Mm -hmm. this person. Do you know what a responsibility (laughs) that that is and how beautiful it is that God chose you. We talked about this on in tears. I was talking to you about it. Okay. Yes, it's true. But it's 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 the it's truth. True. I have to sometimes say, "My Lord, God, trust me to do this. God put me through this pain because I needed to talk to this person." It's so true, and I I think of it very very similarly. And I I I have embraced the thought that He held me together through pain Mm. so that I could hold somebody else while they were going through it. And so I, I, I maintain that if you are still here, it is because there is something better coming. Yes. God will not allow your best days to be behind you. I believe that. No, entirely. I'm with you. Entirely. Your best days are not behind you. If you are still here, there is something better coming. I don't know what it is. I can't tell you what it uh-uh. is, but you have a creator that has an intention who who thought of a whole life and uh. destiny with you in mind. He has an A and a Z and everything in between for you. So yes. I, that conceptually, that is what this whole conversation 
building blocks of being. Listen, boys and girls, this podcast is about exactly that. It's building blocks. Every lesson builds upon the last because you are going somewhere and you need Mm -hmm. everything from A to Z to be where you are intended to be ultimately. That's right. And, and you know what? Also let, I hope that people let their heart, you heard that statement, let your heart be Mm -hmm. your guide. That's God talking to you. Go back every day. I pray for the unearthing and uncovering of the secret petition of people's Mm -hmm. hearts, especially my children. What, what is it in there that you may have never shared with anyone that you always wanted to do? Like, what is it? Go back to that Mm -hmm. place. If the world had no say in it, if you didn't have whatever responsibility, what is that? Those things that you always, that always pulled at you and you were like, Okay, I would whisper that in the corner. Me and God may talk about that, but I'm not ever telling anybody that. Start there. That's who you are. That's what you're supposed to do. So move toward that. And every day, do something that is going to lift that thing up. That's it. Even if it's one thing, that's at the end of the year, that's 365 things that you've done to get to your purpose. That is it. That is it. And, you know, I, I am so thankful for you. I love you. I'm glad that you, I love you too. wanted to be a part of this conversation because I'm telling you, I know that God directed me to, I, we, I told you how this all happened, how it was called. I thought it was supposed <laughs> to happen last week, but God, you know, had another intention. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this exchange is a blessing to someone listening. And again, Mm. I say, if you are brought to this place and you listen, boys and girls, it just might change your world. Dana, thank you. Oh, thank you, Donna. You are a bright light in this world. I'm so thankful for you. Thank you so much. We will talk again. Have a wonderful day. All righty, my dear. You too. Bye. Wow, what a wonderful and powerful conversation with my friend Jane Morrison. It was an absolute delight to talk with her. And if you can't tell, we can talk for hours. And so I am certain that I will have her back in the future to talk more about the work that she is doing. With that, I just wanted to circle back and add to the close of this episode the information that... um, many may already know, but I just wanted to remind everyone that September is Suicide Prevention Month. And if you'll recall in our conversation, uh, Jane talked about her husband having committed suicide. I talked about having attempted. And I wanted to just be conscious and be responsible in making sure that someone who's listening, who may be feeling that um, suicide is their way out, that you reach out to someone. There's a, a saying that the most brave thing I ever said to anyone was help. Listen, you are not alone. Even if you are in your darkest hour, you are not alone. Let me say that again. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, if you are experiencing hurt, pain, shame, any emotion that has taken you to the thought that ending your life might be better than living it, I want to just tell you, you are not alone. You are not the first person who has felt this way and you can get help. The National Suicide Prevention Line is available 24-7 and I believe that we can all help prevent suicide. The Lifeline provides free and confidential support for people in distress, prevention and crisis resources for you or your loved ones, and best practice for professionals. I think that if we all care just a little bit more about 
others, we can help each other get through our darkest times. Anyone could be struggling with thoughts of suicide. And today, if that's you or someone you know, please reach out. The National Suicide Prevention Line is available toll-free 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. They're also available online for additional resources at suicidepreventionlifeline.org.